Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast for the Chain Gang. And today we have two special guests and they'll be with us for the entirety of this podcast. It is the Giga Horvat podcast with, of course, Giga Horvat and Flynn Cross. How are you both doing? I'm doing good, thank you. I'm just sort of happy to be here as a third wheeler, sort of standing in the glory of UT. So, Yeah, I'm also happy to be here and... Thank you for listening to everyone. Hope you're having a good day. There we are. Look at that. Well, beautiful man. He absolutely loves it. Loves his fans. Um, <laughs> so, so, just like to start us off, I mean, one thing that I guess a lot of people are interested in, um, how is it being a pro cyclist with everything going on in the world? I guess all your plans were cancelled and training becomes a lot harder when you have restrictions on you. So how's it been? Uh, actually, we had quite a good conditions here in Slovenia. We we could train all the time. We got the permission to train outside, so it wasn't so bad. But still, oh, wow. without the that's great. Without the races, it's quite hard. Without a certain goal in your mind, it's it's hard to focus. And have you have you got anything? How far ahead now do you know? of like any races you should be attending that are still on or is it you just completely no idea what's going on you're just training because you got to stay fit we have a uh, some plan there should be we should start like 10th of august but it's still a maybe so nothing is certain yet yeah and so you, one thing i wanted to ask you about obviously this is the first podcast we talk a bit about you and so people get to know you so you've been at Adria Mobile for three or four years now and now you're riding with Yanis um, Brajkovic obviously on the team so what's it like being a young rider uh, coming through a team like that when you're riding with riders who've been world tour have been really influential in tour victories and stuff that's first of all was really surreal to ride with such big riders and it's really good to have those guys on the team. They have lots of experiences and they they teach you a lot. So it's really nice. Yeah, and I, I suppose like being part of a team like that, who are fairly well established, must be pretty good for uh, for learning to ride. And you've got a good progression there through. So like, say five years time, where do you want to be? Do you want to move up? Do you want to be in World Tour? Yeah, of course. Everyone's wants to be in a world tour but it's hard so yeah that's, that that's, the, that's the ultimate goal so i was just say on that note um what do you think about the future of adria as a team because i'd heard before that they uh weren't big on sort of developing youth talents but now i think they've got quite a few riders around your rage don't they maybe like three or four in the team so do you think they're trying to come through as a bit more of a development team for riders in the Balkan area? I mean, for sure, they they always found talents and developed them. Like a lot of riders came from other mobility world tour, but but still they have some older, more experienced riders for winning races and like I think four or five under twenty three riders now for development. So it's a good balance. Yeah. Sounds it. And also, right, like where you're based in Slovenia, obviously, um, 
the world tour races quite aren't quite as often and frequent as they are in like northern europe and belgium france even the uk now as a world tour race like so how important is it that riders like um, primoz roglic and obviously riders from the balkan area are doing well does it help you as a cyclist do you find people in your country are more supportive towards you yeah cycling really exploded in the last few years in slovenia with Roglic and Pogacar, so that's that's really beneficial. A lot more people notice cycling, and a lot more people watch cycling and support us. So they, uh, that's very good. Yeah, and, and right. So I feel like we what we should do is is try and get to know you as a person. Let's let's break you down. Let's stop you from being a cyclist and bring you to being a person. So tell us a little bit about what it's like in the peloton because obviously one big thing that people don't tend to understand is that when you're racing in a bike race a lot of the race really isn't all that hard work particularly on flat stages so are there any are there any riders you've like chatted to in the peloton who you think are really entertaining and if you go on yeah most most chatting goes on in the groupette after on the climbs the <laughs> That could that can be really fun <laughs> if you're not too tired, but yeah, I mean flat stage, flat stages are not easy for us because we have Marco Kump and always have to work. So yeah, but there are a lot of interesting riders in the peloton. So on that note, would you say and there's a, a particular rider from a high level world tour, or maybe even just sort of? You know, from another team that would be, they're like the the laugh of the bunch. Who would you say is the most interesting personality to talk to when you're in the well, pesto or that sort of situation? I mean, I always ride with different riders. I mean, and only a few world riders, so it's always a different guy. Yeah, I, I can pick one. <laughs> I remember chatting in Gurpet on Tour of Slovenia with. Pascal Ackerman, he was he was really funny. That's nice. I know um, from one thing you've told me, and I think we've definitely got a story here that you can tell us. You had a little bit of a run-in with Mark Cavendish at one point. Yeah, it was a tour of Slovenia. It was it was raining, and we went too hard in one corner, and I kind of bumped into him, and there was an exchange of words, to put it politely polite i'm sure it was very polite like that's one thing i mean i don't actually crash often i'll take a lot of pride and i don't know about flynn can't speak for flynn but i um, crash a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i actually haven't crashed in like three years take take big big flex on that one Impressive. um how much conversation is there if someone else brings you down are you are you an aggressive guy do you shout at them or do you just get on with it and just accept it's nah, a thing that happens nah when you crash your first in- instinct is to get the back on the bike as fast as possible you don't look who caused the crash and yeah the, it happens in cycling you can't you can't avoid it yeah you, you leave all the shouting to people like Danny Moscon yeah. you haven't fancied <laughs> throwing your bike at anyone no, not yet. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I generally, as a general rule, I wouldn't use Gianni Moscon as a like kind of inspiration, personally. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you listen to the podcast I did with Brian Smith, but he, he even he had a few comments about <laughs> about Gianni. Have you have you ridden with Gianni? No, no, not yet. Uh, is that why you haven't been punched yet in the peloton? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> You, you, you've never you've never got into a situation where you thought, thought oh you know what I could punch you it's never happened yet yeah it, it happens <laughs> but you you don't punch people it's it's not okay it's dangerous he's got think, too good um, self-control do you think now that there's a well a lot of cycling races are televised that this sort of removes a bit of the myth History and maybe sort of character cycling races used to have when obviously there might be a bit more fisticuffs that <laughs> would go unnoticed in the bunch. Do you think yeah, people prob- play it safe now? Probably yes, but county races are still not televised, so it would be interesting to see yeah. <laughs> what all happens. Well, have you ridden any races where Velon give you a camera to ride with? Uh, excuse me? Have you ridden at any races where Velon give you a camera to put on the front and the back of the bike like they do at some of the World Tour races? Or yeah. Do they not do that for you? Uh, we rode some races with Velon, like Tour of Slovenia and Tour of Croatia, but but they never put it on my bike. So, But but we're, they were cameras in the bunch. Can we, if you, when you do get a camera on your bike, can we expect a vlog? When you if you get in, if you end up in the groupetto, <laughs> stories you from the, the camera and do a whole vlog. Yeah, <laughs> do a whole vlog with whoever you're with. Uh, <laughs> well, that week, that week we can forget the podcast and we can just have the Ziga vlog. <laughs> I think cause uh, Luke Rowe did that, didn't he? At the tour this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, he just found a way to get his GoPro off the bike, didn't he? And started having some groupetto antics <laughs> live on camera. Yeah. The thing is with those though, is I feel like they're not actually that useful most of the time. Like they were such a good idea, but then how often do you actually see good camera angles from them except in crashes? Like, yeah. I, I, or a, yeah. I don't I think, think they're the that exciting. The thing is that they still can't obviously fit top-notch quality cameras in such a tiny space without reducing the ergonomics of the bike. So in the end, I mean, you look at some from like the past tours in the past few years and they're they're not the greatest quality anyway which obviously when you think of tour coverage you expect a bit more and you can get a good angle actually on the back of the bike except for crashes yes and i mean sprints sprints are interesting to watch from that perspective so yeah but for sure there will be more development in the coming years I'd I'd like to watch a sprint from that angle because I I wouldn't even be close to getting involved in a sprint so I wouldn't know what it's like. <laughs> um, but maybe maybe we maybe the next way to go is I mean this is I I don't believe the Slovenian cricket scene is particularly a big <laughs> big influence but in the cricket in the UK they've started building cameras into the stumps. Um, maybe that's the way forward. You have to build bikes with little GoPros in the in the front of the bike. Integrated, in yes. Goes eager. You've got, then you don't even need to worry about the extra weight. <laughs> yeah. 
put camera on everybody and you like talk about extra weight right how much do you notice because (laughs) i weigh 95 kilos 600 grams of water on my bike really is not the reason i'm not good at climbing how much does someone like you as a pro cyclist notice a difference between having a bead on or two bead ons on your bike when you're going uphill is it really that big of a difference i mean you don't notice it you go 350 watts but if you have a water bottle on you you lose 10 more seconds but you don't you don't notice it but it does affect you i mean that's uh, i guess that makes a lot of sense actually and riding with riding to what like do you like riding to a to a number or do you rather ride just on how you feel yeah i mean when it's full on racing you don't have time to look at what so maybe maybe on a long climb but like hilly hilly stages and flat stages you don't you don't watch it so talking of the terrain you ride on obviously we know there's quite a lot of hilly and flat races around in slovenia have you ever raced on a really long mountain what's the yeah. longest yeah. mountain you've raced on yeah like there, there were a lot tour de levin here cbu cycling ah, tour was tour like yeah there course. was a climb there was a climb of tour of croatia that was one hour and 40 minutes oh wow of, of climbing like 30 kilometers well that's a tough one yeah so yeah how long we also have some climbs did you get the kom no <laughs> no i i was i was sick the other day as well so it was it was quite the torture ah so as far as we know you you could be the next mountain talent you just haven't had the chance on a good day to prove it yet <laughs> it's sandbagging sandbagging you know F1 testing when they when they make the cars heavier, so not don't look as quick and people aren't scared of them. That's all he's doing. He's just yeah. He yeah. gets to the bottom of like Alp Duez and he goes, "Oh, you know what? You guys can have this one. This one is alright. I'm not that bothered. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can have it." That's actually what I do as well. To be fair, that's why I'm not a pro yet. I didn't want to show uh, everyone yeah, up. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You're saving yeah. it for for your first Cat Four race. And then there's yeah, 15 well, kilos I'm going to get drowned by Alex Spratt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of weight loss to be done before I reach that standard, I think. I don't, I don't think 95 kilos is getting me up any hills at any speed at all. I don't know. No, Are there any 95 a... kilo riders out there in the World Tour? <laughs> I'm pretty... or maybe like... some sprinters. I thought... Max, Max Walshite. Kittel was around there, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm not it's sure. Just... The muscle, that's what weighs you down so much, isn't it, Will? <laughs> You've just got muscle. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm absolutely sure it's muscle. Actually, talking of Marcel Kittel, here's the thing, right? He nearly killed me once. There's a little fact. At Tour of Britain, when they used to have a time trial, at, well, the one year they had a time trial and the final stage on the same day. And um. It was like a little square around London, and then you went up and down embankment. And he was just practicing his start. So he was going off the start of the square, then turning around and finishing. And I was crossing the road out of embankment tube, and he decided that was where he was going to turn around. I didn't care that I was standing there. So, you know, I think I'm lucky to be alive. And if Marcel Kittle happens to be listening, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Marcel Kittle's a massive Giga fan. I'm pretty sure <laughs> oh, he must of be. Of course, yes. 
<laughs> yeah. I think we'll be seeing Giga in, in the next Alperson adverts as the, the heir to Marcel Kittel. <laughs> yeah. How, how is your acting? Are you ready for big TV adverts? No. Not, not at all. <laughs> You need some, you need some acting I training. Think, I think no. you've possibly got a better English accent than Peter Sagan, so you're already succeeding there. <laughs> well, and that's a revolution. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> no, but Peter Sagan has his own cooking show. I would, I would take that. It's not yeah. like a cooking show, but he's got adverts where he just cooks things. Like, I mean, he on, how many psychists can say that? Revolution. <laughs> Yeah, and he has that little one where he goes, uh, this, this is a banana. <laughs> and that's like, cheers for that. Yeah. Zika, um, who's, your, who's your dream sponsor? We'll get you them. Uh, anyone. <laughs> I mean... Adrian Mobile. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, Adrian <laughs> Mobile is a great sponsor, to be fair. Without them, yeah, there would be no team. You can just get your own team bus commission from Adria Mobile <laughs> to take yeah, you around yeah, all yeah. the big races. We, we, we well, have a camper well, from them. The I mean, let's be real, Giga. Um, if anyone from your team's listening, um, I'm sure Flynn will agree. Podcast doing them a lot of favours. Me and Flynn should probably at least get a free bike. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's in the team car. That's in the team car, you know. Like we can, we can do all this stuff. You get me? <laughs> I, I will ask them. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not sure quite how far the budget stretches, but to be honest, marketing's pretty important, and me and Finn yeah, doing yeah. a pretty good job of this. Ziggy, you sure you don't want to get like a Nike sponsor or something? You'd be the face of Nike. You'd be like Cristiano Ronaldo, um, like some basketball player, and then Ziggy Horvat. <laughs> But but they do actually make cycling shoes, right? Oh, they make they really did. nice. They, they used shoes. to make Cavendish. They right, used to make. Um, yeah. Didn't they? Didn't they used to make one of the kits for one of the like U.S. Postal Service or something? They oh used to yeah, they did, they did. Yeah. Maybe they've pulled yeah. out since then. Not not a good image. <laughs> yeah, not the best. Not the best reputation. <laughs> them and, and Doctor Ferrari just you know like hitting it up. So, Ziga, tell us, you obviously get to race in a tour in your own country. How different is that to racing with, like, abroad? The Tour of Slovenia last year was really amazing. It's top-notch organization, and the fans were just spectacular. Roads were filled everywhere, and people cheering. It's it's amazing. Do you think there's... um? A proportion of fans who would be able to pick you out when you're racing in Slovenia and cheer yeah. you on, or yeah, yeah that's great. Some for sure. I mean, they pick <laughs> out at least Adria, if not me. Okay. okay. Did you have to sign any but... autographs? Yeah, I mostly do that in France. Well, you can uh, send us an autograph each as <laughs> for sure. As practice, for sure. I'd love a Giga Horvat autograph. Send, send us your send send me your KOM jersey for the wall. It make a nice background. <laughs> I have only one of those. Is it on your wall? Is it on yeah. your wall? Yeah. Have you the um, Slovenian national championships from age groups? Uh, what? Did you win any national championships? 
I won in juniors. I think. Yeah, you got meters. those jerseys on your wall. No, I don't have those. Uh, <laughs> I won cyclocross champions once and 200 meters. Sprint. Oh wow! Yeah, so is juniors. this track cyclocross and road? Zhigahova master. He's scared of, of the track. Horses. Scared <laughs> of the track. <laughs> yeah, I am. Well, I mean, cyclocross is quite a skill, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not for me. It's, oh, it's... I, I think I've got. It's one of those things where it looks so much fun, but I feel like if I got to it, I, I wouldn't be able to move an inch with all the mud and yeah. I would. It, you learn, you learn quickly, and it's 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 really good training for well, for well, the road. Yeah, it's I sort think of interval training. My problem is. Interval and for the skill. Yeah, my, my get... problem is. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of rationalise descending too much. I feel like I'm going to die when I descend on mud every time. <laughs> I went out for a cross ride two days ago and I I did have gloves on, but I was on the cross bike with no suspension. And you know, like how they plant seeds on a field in like farms where they dig all those lines? And I rode down it, and it was like riding yeah, but... on like a power plate, like a vibrating you, bike. You, 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 you that. <laughs> that's, that's I wasn't much. riding through the field. I wasn't ruining it. <laughs> so talking about off-roading, how much uh, cobble experience do you have, Giga? Do you think we could be seeing uh, you as the next cobble I, I don't think specialist? so. You don't, think, don't so? think so? <laughs> I did. I did the junior Paris-Roubaix. And oh, wow. on the 23 Flanders and Ghent, but yeah, it's it's hard when you're when you can't train on cobbles at home. It's it's quite a shock. Who won the two you were in? Because I know Tom Pickcock won a, a junior Paris Bay, but I think he's a bit younger than you. Uh, Neil Nils Ekov. Uh, under 23 world champion now. Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, wait, that's Leaving a good point, a actually. Giga, you raced in the World Championships in Yorkshire when there was that disqualification. What's your opinion on that? I think they they shouldn't have done it after the finish. If they wanted to disqualify him, they should they should have done it on the spot when yeah. Commissar passed him, not not after the finish. I mean, to me, he broke a bone, didn't he? So, like, even if you did hang on to a water bottle to get back into the peloton, but he winning didn't. a race, well, whatever he, he did, he drafted or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But even so, like, to get back in with a broken bone is mental. And then to yeah, win the race beyond the race, that. Yeah. yeah. I think there was also quite a bit of controversy that, the argument was that a lot of other riders would have done it, but not been caught by the TV cameras. So, do you have any more inside knowledge from that race, whether it was a one-off thing or whether others were doing it just like him? I, I wasn't behind the bunch at that moment, so I. Ah, uh, okay. there were, <laughs> no, there, there were just crazy you're amount of practicing, crashes. Yeah, uh, Giga's Gruppetto stories. <laughs> have, have some faith, Lynn. Have some faith. Um, I do, I but do, was indeed. was that was that the same race with the Colombian guy? No, that was where he was cried. Oh, okay. 
Because yeah. I felt so bad for that guy. Oh, yeah, they're the sort of similar problem. And like the fact the TV camera set and filmed him as well. Yeah. How how would you have dealt with that, Ziga? You go up and like push the TV camera away? Nah, I would. You you. Those are juniors. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. So, of course you're upset, but there is no reason to cry. So talking of um junior talent. Tadej Pogacar, he's in um he's only like a year apart from you, isn't he? No, or... he's he's the same age as me. He's the same age. Okay. So did you ever encounter he's him in any junior races? And... Yeah, we raced <laughs> together a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah was... did you ever beat beat him? Uh, I'm pretty sure in a few races. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember. Well played. This is what we're saying. Finn, he's just sandbagging. Ziggy's just sandbagging. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't yeah. wanna, he doesn't wanna burn out. He doesn't wanna make it at 21 <laughs> and then be burnt out by 27. He's, he's yeah, playing yeah. it slow. He's, he's gonna win. He's gonna be like Christian Horner. He's gonna win the welter age like 42. <laughs> yeah. Oscar Sevilla still racing in his 40s. What? Uh, Rebellion is still racing at 47. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that is that what you wanna do, Ziggy? That you you never know. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you did um retire from cycling sooner rather than later, do you have like another passion that you'd be really interested in taking up, or do you think you'd still stay around cycling for a few career? Professional PCM sports racer. I have no <laughs> idea. I have yeah. no idea. No 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 plans. Well, you're in a good position for now at least. Yeah. Probably would stay in cycling. Yeah. So, Ziga, I've got a proposal for you. Okay. So, right, you're 21 now, right? 15, 16 years' time. You've just retired. You're 37. The Ziga Horvat team, you set them up. You bring in me and Flynn in as your director of <laughs> I, I think we do a lot. Like, like, come on, Flynn's just captain the team to winning the Road World Championships on PCN. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's got the yeah, tactical yeah. I've got the leadership qualities. Be great at shouting yeah. down the radio. <laughs> Everything he would ever won. He would be a great exactly. sports director. We've got it covered. Maybe, I'm telling you, mate, right. If you end up in Tour of Britain soon, time trial stage. Say to Adrian Mobile, look, I'm sorry, but this time Team Car will Flynn. <laughs> Get us on the mic. We'll inspire you. You'll win the stage by 10 minutes. 10 kilometer time trial, you still win by 10 minutes, whatever. We're just that inspiring. Yeah, I agree. So, um, talking to your Team Car, Actually, what, langu- sorry. what language um, would your direct sportive speak to you? Is it all in Slovenian or? All in Slovenian. Yeah. So because even even the yeah, no, Croatian rides on your team is do they all speak Croatian? Okay. Radu speaks perfect Slovenian, so and oh, also wow. Ra- Rajovic yeah. learned so quickly. But I mean, it's it's really similar. It's yeah understandable. I was doing some reading the other day, um, looking into doing a. Um, UCI agents accreditation. But anyway, 
I read that team radios aren't allowed in UCI 2.2s. It's only 2.1 no. up. Is that, is that true? Yeah. yeah. We don't yeah so, so how often do you get to ride the team radio? Like five or six times per year. And when, when you do a time trial, do you have the speaker on the front of the car or do you have an earpiece? Yeah, it depends if it's 2.2 or 2.1. Which do you prefer? Excuse me? Which do you prefer? Yeah, of course, it's better to have the radio. It's, But still, it's it's not a great quality in the bunch when the car is in 10th position behind. It's hard to understand. <laughs> Probably more like, like my, my quality on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, worse. all of us. Um, <laughs> so that's another thing. When you're in the breakaway, how important is the really annoying guy with the blackboard who never has the time right? Sorry if that's like defamation or whatever of the people, the people on the Mavic bikes. But every time they hold up the board, they're always like three seconds out because they've had to write it and then they get it. How much do you rely on them to know how far ahead you are, or do you get information from your team on, better, or on, what? On two point two races, you don't have anything else. So yeah, they are important. Has there ever been a moment in a race where you've been so infuriated with your director sportif? That you've just that you've took the earpiece out. Oh. No. <laughs> Do you not have high no. enough status in the team to be able to get away with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro, it's not that's no, good no. money. I was never. Uh, it'll it'll never come in future. Match. Yeah. What? Well, so that's another thing. Those, those boards. Have you ever thought of like stealing one of those boards? Write a little message on there yourself. You know, like <laughs> get a bit of promo. Like write no, your not... write your Twitter handle on it. <laughs> so, like, no, no, not really. Okay, really. listen to the Giga podcast. Yeah, Giga, I'm telling you, mate, maybe that's the way to go with this promo. I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah. I might not be able to predict the future, but I'd say that's pretty good. The other one, do you, do you remember? Um, this makes me laugh every time I think about it. Do you remember when Victor Componets wrote on his yeah. um, chest? Yeah, like, I remember. Uh, someone, do you want to come on a date? And she said no. Maybe next time you race a time trial that's televised, just write on your chest. Listen to the podcast. Unzip. But but didn't he get a penalty for that? I think he did. Well, uh, we'll get our fans to crowdfund it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> make we'll make the money back from all the publicity. We'll get the podcast. Find okay, out. Okay. Find out how much it is, and we'll raise the money. Be worth okay. it. <laughs> or you can do like a Why Always Me, like Balotelli. Put your jersey over your head. <laughs> Why, why am I always getting dragged onto this podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why always these two annoying British guys <laughs> talking to me <laughs> about stealing blackboards? <laughs> uh, what, uh, what else do you do? How much, like, in your team, how much do you get to, uh, like, mess about and enjoy yourself pre-race? Are you really serious? Are you, like, like right, I'll put it on a spectrum. Like, you've got Ineos at one end where, like, they don't do fun. No such thing as fun. Just racing. And then at the other end, you have like the old school when they were Orica and on backstage pass when they'd all dance for the sake of a video. Like, whereabouts do you sit on that as a team? I think, I think even Sky has fun, but they don't, they don't broadcast it 
I mean, without fun, you go crazy on long stage races. You need you need to mess about a little. It, it can be too serious. Yeah, I have to say, um, I did some work experience with Team Sky, where I got to go on the team bus, and they're all really friendly people. So yeah, yeah. They had, they had a good joke about it. Yeah, of course. They, they, they look serious. <laughs> they look serious, yeah. but on the inside, for sure, they are, Just they are good guys. Game. We're all Zegas on the inside. That yeah. is a lesson for today's podcast. That is, if that is not the title of this podcast, I don't know what I've done wrong. Um, <laughs> so, like, but how how have you got any marketing plans in place? Like, um, I don't know if you you know you know who he is, so maybe it didn't work. But there's a rider who used to ride for Caharuel called Justin Iron. I actually interviewed him like a year before this and then a video went viral of him just dancing between stages at um, the end of a stage race and obviously Sonda Enger got his fame for refusing to just stand on the podium like a normal human like if you watch that video you, it's really funny watching the people trying to give him a jersey and they just stand there and don't know what to do Diego what are you going to do are you going to like backflip on the podium nah I, uh, I would kill myself doing the backflip <laughs> I mean that would that would get viewed a lot though. Be a lot of views. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you. No, maybe not, maybe you give that one a, a, a skip. Yeah. So do you, do you ever so, pop a wheelie when you're in the group so? I'm I'm not that good at doing wheelies. To be fair, <laughs> I would probably crash. Practice makes perfect. Exactly. Get on the no-handed wheelie thing. Get filmed riding up a mountain doing a wheelie, and then you're basically famous. Completed it. Then you can start advertising cookers. <laughs> I've started start training wheelies for that. Exactly. Right. Whoever your coach is, pull them aside and say, look, I understand you want me to get better as a cyclist, but I think we've got to work on wheelies. Yeah. And then... That's what, that'll be it. You made it. I don't really. have any backup plans as a career. I need to make all the money now. <laughs> well, you say yeah, that. And what's that guy that Tinkoff had signed? Tinkoff had that freestyle road cyclist signed, didn't they? So, uh, and he never raced, did he? Through Motistar is his Instagram, isn't it? Yeah. He used to like do wheelies across bridges and stuff. You never know. Ziggy, we're looking out for you. Yeah, that's. That guy is just crazy. I, w- I wouldn't dare walk when he <laughs> rides. Is that even scarier than track racing for you, Ziga? Pro- probably, probably. <laughs> if anyone sees Ziga on a track, don't like make any loud noises or sudden movements because he's already <laughs> on edge. Like, don't scare the guy. You never know what happened. But yeah, it's just a like, tell me if. If you ended up with a team sponsored by Alpsin or someone, would you be in one of the adverts? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's your obligation. So. Yeah, but like, it, like, I guess if there was a um, Slovenian language one, I did, did, when Alpsin had their adverts, did you used to get a Slovenian one as well? No, no. No, because obviously on the English one, we used to get Alex Dalsit and... Like they try and pick a rider. So if there's a Slovenian advert they need, you're going to be first pick every time. So I'm telling you, get an acting coach, get involved. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. 
I don't know what what would you reckon like would be would be a pretty weird sponsor to advertise for. I can't think of any inside at the moment. I mean, budget forklift would have been a hell of an advert <laughs> when they were a team. Do you reckon you yeah. could, could advertise a forklift? There you go. I have never ridden one, so I would I would have to train a bit. <laughs> you need to get some driving lessons. You know, you'd, you'd be away. I'd say budget forklifts were a strange team. Can't believe they existed, to be honest. And they were pro Conte as well. I can't even remember you know, them. <laughs> you never know. Like, like I said, when the the Giga Horvat team comes out, we'll we'll find some good sponsors. Yeah. I don't know. Who could we find? It'd be really strange. The strangest sponsor we can possibly find. That's what we'd go for. I'm sure Flynn knows some weird sponsors. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Would there be I'm a? Sure. Is there a specific Slovenian company which sells something really native to Slovenia? Maybe food or something, I'm not sure. I can't really think of one. We... <laughs> Even Slovenian teams are named after cities, not sponsors. Football teams. Ah, uh, yeah. Like yeah. Maribor. Well, well, wait. Oh, Maribor. I I've seen Tottenham play against Maribor. Yeah, but but that, <laughs> okay. that's a city. Oh yeah, I suppose yeah, makes sense that. But so yeah. So one thing I'm interested in, Giga, is how it works in the UK. Is there's usually quite a lot of um families who are really into cycling, and then they just get their kids into cycling. And usually it sort of runs in families and it's sort of an inside thing. But how did you get into cycling? Are, are any of your family into cycling? My father is a marathon runner, recreational. But first I trained football for five years. And then at the age of 11 or 12, I got into cycling. Okay. But so it's just sort of... No, chance, no. But you've already, already had that. No, I remember we, we always watched the tour and all the races at home and yeah, I wanted yeah, to, yeah. to give it a try. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. a bit like Remco, just a like slightly younger Remco at the time you switched. <laughs> Much younger. Remco Evanpol was in the Anderlecht Academy or something, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was, was like or good. like I, I yeah. or something. He was really good. And then Obviously, he switched. And didn't he win, like, 27 of the 34 races he raced in a year or something mental like that? And then yeah, became yeah. a double world champion. That's crazy. Yeah. So, we've talked about Tadej Pogacar. Have you ever raced in an age group race with Remco? I know he's slightly younger no. than you, but no. No. Too young. Well, because he, he's only been racing, like, three years, right? No, he's... So, who... 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 Well, other than... That. I'm trying to think who's that who's that sort of young I can think of. No one really. Just just Bodica. Yeah, and then I next is Ber- Bernal, I think. Yeah, Bernal yeah, is but he, he was, obviously he's South American, so that's quite a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well like Sivakov. Is Sivakov a bit older than you? Uh, I think he is. Yeah. One year. But this this is me proving how good my cycling knowledge is. The guy studying a sports journalism degree doesn't really know what's going on. He's top 
top stuff. I think Ziga could take my job pretty easily, not gonna lie. Nah. He he, he just he just loves the bike too much. Yeah, I, I still think like because now we've got the Discord. I think we should put something to the people in Discord to come up with before we record next week and we can discuss it. And I think that should be what kind of publicity stunt could you pull off, Diego? We'll get some options from Discord (laughs) to discuss them next week. I still think the stealing the blackboard would be the best one, personally. (laughs) Steal the blackboard, write a little message. That's that's hard without the races. No, just ride up to them, pretend you're having a chat. And then just swipe it. Yeah, but there are no races now, so I can't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have to do it now. We're just future planning, can, future oh, planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Can you uh, customise your Zwift kit to do a big unveiling? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. you, said, you said earlier that um, I think it's been completely fine in lockdown in Slovenia that you've been able to ride your bike every day. Do you think um, there might be more benefits to living staying in slovenia than actually moving to one of those sort of cycling hotspots such as monaco and andorra because i know the cyclists there have had to pretty much stay indoors the whole time i think think it's an advantage probably it's it's hard for different countries and it's it's really kind of unfair i mean there is still lockdown in colombia and other countries so i don't know how that will work Yeah, I, I mean, I saw um, an article before from, I think it might have been the UAE uh, sports director, and he basically said the difference in lockdowns is going to completely reshape the whole of the world of cycling. So do you think like those people who are in country, Ireland, France, Spain, where they've been shut down, because riding on Zwift is not the same as riding in, in real life. Do you think when racing comes back, if they haven't been out on the road, they are going to be disadvantaged and you're going to see effectively the peloton split in two? No, not, not that drastic, but the, the finesses will be for sure. They will be shorthanded. But still, it's... Yeah, it will be hard. I mean, obviously your team aren't going to be there but I'd like to know your opinions as someone who actually can ride more than about five kilometers without having to stop and like lie on the floor for 20 for an hour or two like how hard and demanding do you think it's going to be on teams to as so far as expected to ride three grand tours in about three months that that would be crazy I'm not sure how, how they will carry that out I mean, I'm, it's, it's... I'm almost dubious that the, the world will carry on at the very least because with ASO delaying the TDF to normal world to run time, I think they're just going to put the world to out of priority. They just want their TDF on. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, the world to is the, the bottom priority, really, Grand Tour. Yeah. Sorry if there's any like world to stands out there, but let's be <laughs> real. Like, you've got to the end of the season. People are tired. People are like fans are kind of bored of cycling. Like, come on, like, I think it's the where like... the world stands out for me is the unpredictable racing and just the nature of the parkour. Is that there's pretty much a GC day every single day, 
which makes yeah. it a bit more surprising and that's why it's entertaining for fans whereas I don't even think we need the Welter for that this year because obviously the Tour de France no one's going to have any idea who the favourites are coming into it and it might be a bit more of an open race than usual since riders won't know who to mark and etc yeah for sure I mean I don't know about you two I mean this is something we can discuss on a later pod but I'll put this out there now just before we, we wrap things up best grand tour hands down is a Giro I've got no question about it right the Tour de France gets all the hype just, it never lives up to it the Giro is an elite race the Giro is just an elite race I mean I don't know what it's racing, like Giga because obviously Giga is a lot closer to Slovenia <laughs> like Giga being in Slovenia is closer to Italy like what one stands out to you yeah Tour Tour stands out it's, it's just one gear higher than other races. Yeah. <laughs> it's just tour, being tour for sure. France. It's just they say it's like living in a bubble, but it really is just yeah. it's just amazing being in France when the tour's on. Whereas in Italy yeah. I think they care about the Giro, but it's not all consuming. Yeah, well, it's still well, amazing. I mean we can uh <laughs> Flynn, I hope Flynn understands what I mean. Any British people understand what I mean. But there's this kind of thing in the UK where the only three cycling races that exist in the year are Ride London, the Tour de France, and the Tour of Britain. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if that, that that's where my hatred for the Tour... Well, not the hatred of the Tour de France, but my kind of lesser views of the Tour de France go. It's just that I think there can be better racing elsewhere, but you don't get to see it on the UK because the only yeah, free-to-wear races are the Tour de the France, only, Tour of Britain. The only free-to-watch races are... Um... And Tour de Yorkshire, and actually yeah. the Dauphiné recently they've been doing highlights of. But... Yeah, they they've done Roubaix as well. I mean, that's a good point. Giga, Roubaix or Ronda, which would you rather race? Having ridden Roubaix. the juniors of both, Roubaix. Yeah. Really? Even though you consider it's... yourself as more of a puncher. Yeah, for sure. Roubaix is just special. I just love the Ronda. Yeah, to be fair about it. I haven't been to the Ronda, but I was on the the Forest of Arenberg last year for Paris Bay, and I've never seen anything like it. I've been to yeah. rugby matches, football matches. I've been to cycling races all over the place. Nothing matched up to being on the Forest of Arenberg. We turned up at nine o'clock, and there were Dutch people getting drunk already. Nine o'clock in the yeah. morning, and the racing come through till yeah. four. Yeah, oh, it's I, I did. I did the same at um, the Udequaremont on the Paterberg at the at the Ronda last year, and. On the Eau de Quarimont especially, we got there, I don't know, something like 10 in the morning. And it's already completely packed with just terrible music. <laughs> yeah, it was such a great atmosphere. But I think but almost the difference is... That, sorry. No, no, it's finished. Okay, for, for Belgium, the Tour of Flanders is it's basically a national, national holiday. It's the biggest event of the year, whereas Paris-Roubaix, it's obviously steeped in cycling history, but... For ordinary French people, it's it doesn't match the Tour de France. So, for me, that's why the Ronda's better. But the the junior race goes on like two hours before the the pros, and all the fans are already there. We you ride the final eleven sectors full of fans, and yeah, it's just amazing. They have um they do have the women's race at the Ronda now, which which is quite nice to see both races going on at the same day too. So yeah, yeah. So, right, we're hitting up the time now. So what I want to do is I'm gonna, we're going to use this time to outline what we 
we need people to do and put it in clear facts. So next week, we're going to discuss what promotional stunt Ziga should do. And we need people to come up with ideas. Um, you got the Discord. You can, I mean, you can tweet me, but I have about four followers, so probably not worth it. Um, but yeah, Ziga, are you happy with that? We can try it. Yeah. <laughs> we can't promise that Ziga will do the idea we choose, but yeah. you know, we'll, we'll go for it. So there we are. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Giga Horror podcast. Um, we will be back next week, as I said, discussing that and discussing a whole world of more things. Is there anything you want us to discuss? Let us know and we will do it. Thank you, Flynn. Thank you, Giga. And we'll see you next week.